USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com 100. The longest-serving airman in Air Force history, Major General Alfred Flowers, and a new partnership with USAA to prevent veteran suicide. Then, Melba Robinson Santa and the Colorado Enterprise Fund, helping veterans start and grow their own businesses. That's next on The Veteran's Voice. And hot! Welcome to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA. Veteran's Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originating from the Optum Podcast Studio. In partnership with podcast channel sponsor, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Support, and supporting partner, the WireNut Home Services. Mike Lewis, your host for today's episode. I've got Bob McLaughlin, Executive Director of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, co-hosting with me today. And it is such an honor and a pleasure. Our guest, our first guest is Major General Flowers the longest-serving airman in Air Force history. Again, Major General Alfred Flowers, thank you for making time. It truly is a pleasure to speak to you. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Bob. And it's an honor to be with you this morning. And we look forward to uh, discussing some of the things that we are trying, some of the things that you are doing, and some ways that we think we can help with veteran suicide prevention. And we're going to go to the topic in just a moment, but you've had such a wonderful career. Just wanted to ask you, would you like to share a highlight or two of your career with the Air Force? I, I will. I would love to do so. I, uh, I'm i a product of teenage parents. Uh, my parents was 18 and 16 when I was born. I uh, was raised by grandparents who were sharecroppers in rural North Carolina, enlisted in the Air Force because it was a way out of poverty for me at age 17. Served 13 and a half years as an enlisted man, got commissioned after five tries to OTS and uh, became an officer. And uh, the rest is, uh, is, is where we are. I retired uh, in 2012 as the Air Force Budget Director. I had 24 moves, uh, served as a session commander for the Air Force, served as second Air Force commander and retired as the, the Budget Director for the Air Force. Outstanding career, isn't it, Bob? Absolutely. Um, anytime someone contributes their adult life to service, you know, and what the general is doing now to help prevent veteran suicide, it's um, something to marvel at. So I'm proud to be here being able to talk to the general today. And General, you're currently the chairman of REACH Resilience. That's an Endeavors Foundation. And tell us about the new partnership with USA, and it's called Face the Fight Campaign. Yeah, we, uh, you know, Reach Resilience is a, a new foundation that was born out of uh, endeavors. We've been in existence for about a year now, and our first gift is to face the fight, a gift of $25 million over five years to team with USAA Humana and the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. Uh, face the Fight is a coalition of corporate, nonprofit, and philanthropic, philanthropic and veteran services organizations the goal is to raise awareness and support veteran suicide prevention. Our aspiration is to cut suicide, the suicide rate in half by the year of 2030. The mission is to break the stigma of help, increase the conversation about the problem, 
complement the efforts of VA, DOD, and others like PSOs that are already ongoing and explore new evidence-based approaches to the problem, such as safe weapon storage uh, and reduced accessibility of weapons and ammos uh, in, in close proximity, maybe to put some, put some time between the ideation and the act of those who uh, uh, do suicide. And General, the problem and the issue of suicide and veteran suicide is still very troubling, but we have been making some gains in the country, haven't we? We are making some gains, but we're still at a, at a, at a bad place. You know, since uh, 2001, 120,000 veterans have died from suicide. It's a, it's a national problem, and it's extremely important because the rate for veteran is, veterans is one and a half times that of the general population. And uh, when we think about who this is, this is our America's sons and daughters that have protected us. And uh, the suicide rate between the ages of 18 and 34 has doubled since 2006. Uh, veteran suicide is the 13th cause of death among veterans and the second uh, post 9-11 cause of death for veterans. So it's a serious, serious challenge uh, I know that y'all are getting after it, working it hard out there, and we want to partner with whomever we can. And we've started with USAA, Elizabeth Dole, and the Havana Foundation to do what we can to get after it as well. We appreciate that. And USA helps the veterans' voice get the message out. So thank you. And Bob, I know this partnership is near and dear to you too. Absolutely. What um, what we've been able to do at Mount Carmel with our services and in partnership with UC Health um, with the, with the next chapter program has been pretty significant. It's growing. Um, we already have a great partnership with USAA, um, learning about what the general's doing. I'm, you know, I can hardly contain myself about the potential to save lives. All right, General, face the fight. Uh, the, the name is very apropos, I would say, because of it is a fight and we're facing the challenge of veteran suicide. What are some of the, the uh, action items that are going on right now? Well, some of the action items that are going on right now is uh, USAA have uh, already put two and a half million dollars into uh, to, uh, organizations such as uh, Ohio University and other, other places to help uh, with increasing the awareness to help with looking at ways that we can complement and uh, be enablers to uh, activities that are already ongoing. But uh, what Face to Fight will do uh, with the monies that have already been put into the donor advised fund, which is $41.5 million, of which uh, Reach Resilience have pledged $25 million over five years. Humana Foundation has pledged six million over three years, and USAA ten million over five years, and that money will go into a donor-advised fund, and where veteran service organizations, other organizations that are involved in suicide prevention activities, can submit grants, and through these grants, we would like to try to help uh, increase uh, clinicians you know, provide, provide more clinics, uh, more clinicians, and provide accessibility, increased availability 
of appointments outside of the DOD and VA system where we can service more veterans that may need help. So there's a lot going on right now. It's a fairly new initiative. Uh, it's been going on for about 18 months now with the USAA and UT Health Science, uh, the University of Ohio and some others that uh, they're working with initially. We just got into the fight uh, about three months ago with the USAA and the, and the partners as one of the founding uh, members of the coalition. And we look forward to all that we can do. What Reach Resilience will do is we can be an integrator between nonprofits and philanthropic and corporations. You know, we can be that, that integrator where we work in the seams with other nonprofits, with like-minded organizations that are doing like things that may need help with increased clinicians, may need help with providing additional increased availability for appointments and what have you. So we're excited. There's a lot we'll learn. There's a lot to do. And we're proud to be a part of it. And General, what would you like to tell veterans or their friends or family who are concerned about their mental health or the mental health of a loved one or friend? You know, that's a great question. I uh, I, I get uh, very emotional when I'm asked that question and when I respond to it. What I'd like to tell veterans is that it's okay to ask for help. We all have challenges. We've all had uh, We've all had challenges that we needed help for. But, you know, veterans, we're so stoic in our training and our upbringing and the way we operate that sometimes we think that it's it's bad to ask for help. It's a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. If we can save a veteran's life, uh, we've done a wonderful thing. It's not a weakness. Uh, get help. Uh, I'd like to tell veterans and leaders of veterans that we they have to be able to trust us. We have to know that veterans have to know that they can ask for help and then they're not going to be perceived as being weak and they're not going to be lose their job and they're not going to you know, lose friends because they ask for help. So it's okay. If you need it, ask for it. And I'd like to tell the friends of veterans that pay attention, be a good buddy. Uh, let your buddies know that, hey, you're listening, that you care, that you're watching, you're observing. Uh, if you know of a friend that have stressors, talk to them about the stressors. Talk to them about help with stressors. Say something, say something is where I would like to leave it. Bob, any final thoughts for the general? I think um, what the general said is right on. Um, what we do every day here is to provide hope where there's hopelessness. And when you're able to intervene with someone that's on a downward spiral and see the impact it has on them, it's it's just amazing when brothers and sisters are helping their their um comrades it it um it's amazing to see what can happen when people care amen general thank you for your time we will continue to spread the message and get the word out and anytime we can do anything to help you please let us know here at mount carmel thank you very much and it's been an honor being with you this morning and uh, we can do this we can make a difference and we will make a difference god bless you all all right. Same to you, sir. Thank you again for your time. Coming up in just a couple of moments, we'll be talking about the Colorado Enterprise Fund as the Veterans Voice continues from Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. The military life gave you the guts to compete and the will to win. Those qualities will make you a successful business owner. Ready to win? Start with VBOC, the Colorado Veterans Business Outreach Centers at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. Learn more at veteranscenter.org slash VBOC. 
The Veteran's Voice continues, and our next guest is with the Colorado Enterprise Fund, Melba Robinson-Santa. It is so nice to meet you. Welcome to The Veteran's Voice. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's my honor to be here. Well, thank you. And you've got a, a partnership with Mount Carmel. We're going to talk about that. But first of all, give us the, the the big picture. What is the Colorado Enterprise Fund? Well, Colorado Enterprise Fund, it's a CDFI, which goes for um, community development financial institutions. So we are a lender organization, but we are nonprofit. So we've been in the market for 45 years. And our main market right, target is um, underserved communities, which that include the veterans. Okay, so if you're a veteran, maybe you've recently left active duty, you want to start a new business, mm -hmm. you might need a little bit of funding to get that business up and running. Sounds like the Colorado Enterprise Fund is there to help. Oh, definitely. Um, we have a program that is specifically for veterans. Um, so we, you know, usually I understand, you know, when, when veterans left, the, um, they, when they leave the military, so sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to go and get a job and then I want to start my business. Um, but then they have a barrier and the barrier is like they never had a business in the past. So they go to a bank and they look for funding, but the bank, the bankers, you know, usually they don't take their risk for a startup business. So that's where we take those cases, you know, with open arms, and we don't only uh, provide them the funding that they need, but we also provide them education, help them with the business plan, financial projections, marketing, and everything is for free. Boy, that is outstanding. And Bob McLaughlin, our executive director at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, is helping co-host this episode of The Veterans Voice. And Bob, I know you were excited when you knew Melba was coming in today. Absolutely. Um, you know, and tomorrow's our grand opening of the Veteran Business Outreach Center. Uh, and, and the two missions obviously align because as uh, the host of the Veteran Business Outreach Center, the primary mission is to help veterans transition to become small business owners or entrepreneurs, do training and assistance. So what Melba and her team are doing nest perfectly with what we're trying to do. And we're, we are, I believe, going to do great things together mm -hmm. as partners to make sure that anyone out there that needs assistance uh, can come for coaching and counseling. And if they need to get a loan to get started, you know, we've got uh, the secret sauce, so to speak. Yeah, terrific. Some of the – tell us some of the stories of how you've helped veterans turn a dream into a – uh, success. Well, I can tell you about a guy, you know, I was helping him because I managed the, the division of business navigators, the business consultant, and I was helping this guy and he was going to, he working something about IT in the military and he just, you know, was trying to find a job and he couldn't and, you know, it was so hard for him. So he decided to start a business. So I just helped him to do all the business planning and he had everything in his mind already. You know, it was amazing to work with him. He was so grateful he got the, the, the funding for his business. He worked from home, but he's very successful now. So I see that over and over. My husband is a veteran, so I kind of understand their language, you know, how they feel when they get out of the military. And so we have a board that is specifically um, from veterans, you know, in our organization. So, I mean, we have several good stories um, about veterans, helping veterans. So, And basically that's the price of entrance, so to speak, is you just need to be a veteran to get started. 
as far as working with the the veterans program of what your organization does. Exactly. But this program is for veterans and their family members. Oh, terrific. Mm -hmm. So maybe the spouse is thinking about starting a business too. So that's terrific. So you're helping the entire family start a new career, a new pathway to success. Yes. And Bob, what would you like to talk about and highlight as far as the, the partnership, as far as specifically how Mount Carmel is is working together with the Colorado Enterprise Fund? Well, our key thing is partnerships, and this is going to be a great partnership. Mm-hmm. When Melba talked about families, right, we know that at the core of what we do, whether it's the, the VBOC or the services that we provide, anybody that she serves, military, veteran, and family has access to our services. That's what makes the partnership strong. Mm-hmm. They may be coming for a loan. They may need assistance uh, with the starting up a business. But normally, a family, a veteran family, military family, needs so much more. We're getting started. Um, we have a counseling center. We have other employment opportunities. So we can wrap our arms around the family and, and help uh, everybody. And I love the total package approach that you provide because if, when you're in the military, as those who have served know, mm-hmm. everything's provided for you. You yes. have a you have a uniform. You have your meals provided. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pretty much tell you when to come, when to leave. When you start a business, this is a whole new mindset. Now yes. you may know what you want to do to make what kind of business you want to start, but as far as you know, payroll, insurance. Marketing. There are so many things, and you're there to help, and that's terrific. Yes. We also do. We have another department, which is the CEF um, Small Biz Academy, Mm -hmm. which we develop workshops. And one of the workshops is specifically about, you know, there's some people that they want to start a business, but they don't know in what they should start a business because they have several, you know, skills. So we help them to find out what business fit better for you. So it's, I mean, it, it's, we help them. It's like in everything, you can get everything in the same place. And I'm, I love it. Yeah, one-stop shopping, it sounds exactly, like. Exactly, exactly. That is terrific, Bob. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when a military member goes off active duty, whether they retire or whether they just separate after a, a tour, they, they've got to figure out their next yes. uh, mission, mm-hmm. so to speak. And you know, having your own business, what a what a way to go. And, and it can be so successful if you have the plan, if you have the financing, yes. and that's where you come in and help people out. It's That's great. Yeah, and we also help veterans, you know, that when they have already a small business, you know, when it's established already, um, sometimes, you know, they have low credit score mm-hmm. or they don't have enough collateral. So those are other, you know, things that we take in consideration. It doesn't necessarily has to be a startup business. We have a lot of veterans that they already have a business, but they need funding, but they don't qualify through a bank because, you know, different reasons. So they can come to us and we can help them and they can qualify for the same program. Well, if someone wants to reach out to you, can you kind of walk us a couple of steps of how the process would work? For a veteran? Well, there's different paths, right? So we've been receiving um, we receive referrals from VBOC. We've been re- receiving referrals from them. So they they refer me, those clients, directly because I'm the, the point of contact. Or they can go to our webpage, 
Okay, and there's a link that says, you know, ask for help or something like that, ask for assistance. There's another one that says, you know, that they can apply directly for a loan. But before they apply for the loan, there's several questions that they have to answer first. And if they're not ready, so what they, the system does is like they transfer them directly to our department, which is the business consultant department. So, you know, it's 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 pretty cool because they don't go straight and they get like a like an inquiry on their credit if it's not necessary or if it's, there's not ready, they're not ready. So they can go directly the system, transfer them to our department and one of our business consultants is gonna reach out to that person. And the other way is like they can text me. You know, I can mm -hmm. provide my phone number, they can text me or they can email me or they can go to the website. Now, you mentioned the website. Would you like to share the address so people, if they're listening right now, can know, let's get the process started? Yeah, it's www.coloradoenterprisefund.org. Terrific. It's that simple. <laughs> well, Bob, any final thoughts you'd like to share and as you know, this partnership with Melba continues? Um, I would probably say probably the thing I'm most proud of is that um, Melba's willingness to help uh, the, the veterans in need, uh, the fact that that uh, she's doing good work, and now we're going to be able to do it together through the Veteran Business Outreach Center. You know, the partnership's already moving. Uh, I just foresee that uh, we, between the two organizations, we we will help so many military members, veterans, and their families that want to move on to business ownership or need something while they're already running their business. So I'm very proud of this. Mm -hmm. All right, well said, Melba. Any final thoughts? that you'd like to put out there for someone who's maybe on the fence. I, I, I want to I, I want to open a restaurant or I want to open a transportation division Just or something. Just contact us. Like, we are, we are so happy every time a veteran comes to us. Like, we are so proud to serve veterans. You know, that's one of our, you know, prides that we can serve veterans as well. Just contact us. Or sure. just contact me or contact CEF, you know, Colorado Enterprise Fund org. Um, in 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours, somebody's going to reach out to you if you go into the website. So it's it's pretty fast. Well, thank you for everything you do, the Colorado Enterprise Fund. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bobby, she was a great guest as always. So thank you. Absolutely. And we'll have her on again. All right, we appreciate Bob co-hosting today, The Veteran's Voice. Coming up in just a couple of moments, Linda Sink. She is the Resource Development and Events Manager. She's looking for some volunteers and a lot of exciting things coming up at Mount Carmel. We'll talk to Linda in just a moment. Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center, hosting classes and events for veterans and their families all year long, like Medicare 101 and our bi-monthly food giveaway. Locations in Colorado Springs, Pueblo, and Trinidad. See the full calendar of events at veteranscenter.org events. The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA and the Optum Podcast Studio, continues. Linda Sink, Resource Development and Events Manager, standing by. But before that, once again, a big thank you to all of our partners, USAA, Optum, Medicare Mentors, The Wirenut, and Colorado Computer Support. We could not do what we do without our partners. Linda, it has been a while since I've seen you, but I know you are a very busy individual. What's going on here at Mount Carmel? Always good things happening over at Mount Carmel. As everyone knows, volunteers and sponsors, ambassadors, the lifeblood of what we do and how we do it and how quickly we can get it done. So with the events that are coming up, we still need some support. Give me a shout or an email or a call 
719-772-7000 if you would like to get involved. We actually have a hangar party this afternoon at 2 o'clock in Peyton. If you want to come out and join us, we will be out there. The Soaring Eagle Foundation is doing a fundraiser for us out at their hangar, Meadow Lake Airport. You can find it all the information on social media. Shoot me a text message or give me a call. We do need volunteers, ambassadors, and we want to see your smiling, happy faces to come out and support. There's a glider simulation. There's cars, food, music. It's just going to be a really good time. I've done a lot of things in my life, but I don't think I've ever been to a hangar party. It's a hangar party. It's going to be a really good time. So come visit us. We also have our bi-monthly food distribution coming up in August. This is on the 11th. It's the second Friday, I believe, in August. 1125 West Moreno Street is where it will be. 930 is when the volunteers show up to start preparing everything to give away. And then if you need a hand up, not a handout, get in line right around 10, 1030. Food goes at 11, and it goes until it's gone. Usually around 12 o'clock we're done, we're wrapping things up, and we're out of there. So it's our bi-monthly food distribution. There's no cost, no fees, no requirements of any kind. But to come out, um, support Mount Carmel, or support a friend if you if you need to. And so, if you do need help, take advantage of it. It's there for you. Please do. And, you know, I, I do get a lot of people that say all the time, oh, I don't need help. Well, you know, every now and then, there's uh, life happens, and if you need just a, a couple groceries or fruit, it's there for you. So along that those lines in August, we have many other things happening. We'll be at the Vibes a couple times in August and September. We're going to go visit the Switchbacks. They're great partners as well. All kinds of things for the rest of the year. We've got a bourbon tasting, a car show. We've got resource fairs. We've got our annual hoedown in November. Oh, that's going to be a great time. We just got we just finished with the rodeo, and now we have a hoedown. So, I'm keeping my boots out and my cowboy hat <laughs> out. We're gonna we're gonna have a good time. So, again, sponsors, volunteers, ambassadors, partners. We're looking for all of you to come out and join us. Seven one nine seven seven two seven thousand is our number. Ask for Linda. I'm in the back. Come say hello. Stop by anytime. We're happy to see you. All right, terrific. Anything else you'd like to add? Because, uh, you know, we're coming to, hard to believe we're actually coming to the, not, I don't want to say the end of summer, but summer is now, what, cup, two, it, two-thirds of the way over yeah, now. It's the end of July. Yeah. I mean, where did the year go? Exactly. Oh, yeah, I know. But we're going to get busy as we go into the fourth quarter. We are. We are. So, um, you know, I'm always looking for new fundraising events, new outreach opportunities, new partners, new everything. If you just uh, want to get involved, we do have a lunch and learn. You can come out and meet Bob McLaughlin. I like to call him Colonel Bob and say hello. You know, come and sit, sit down, have a lunch with us. The next one's on August 22nd. All you have to do is RSVP. There's no charge. Just spend an hour of your time, listen and learn about our mission and vision and our stories and uh, see if that's a good fit for you. You know, Linda, if you're a business owner and you're thinking about a way that you could help grow the business but also give back to the community, I'll tell you what, Mount Carmel has got some ideas and options, and I know you can put two and two together and make it four, four plus four. That's right. We'll make a good partnership out of it, whether you like it or not. All right, Linda, always good to see you. Thank you. Give the number one more time, please. 719-772-7000 and ask for Linda. 
All right. We will see you again soon, I am sure. Thank you for everything you're doing for all the veterans here at Mount Carmel, by the way. If you are listening on KRDO News Radio, thank you so much. We do want to let you know that the podcast version of the Veterans Voice continues, and you can get it on your favorite podcast platform. But it's easy to just go to veteransvoice.us, veteransvoice.us, and we will share more exciting information about what is going on at Mount Carmel. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Using the VA Health and Benefits mobile app, veterans can refill VA prescriptions. Check out the app's new feature. I'm Ted Roberts, and welcome to a special edition of Veterans Voice. It's the VBOC podcast with our wonderful friend, Kia Palmer. VBOC is Veteran Business Outreach Centers. We're all about Colorado. This is brand new for us. It's a partnership with the SBA. We have some wonderful folks joining us in studio right now to tell us more about that whole story. So, Kia, over to you. Yes, here we are. It's the Colorado Veteran Business Outreach Center at Mount Carmel. We are super excited today as we celebrate our grand opening. We've had two events already today. The first one started at 9 a.m. and lasted until 11 a.m., which was Social Solutions. So we had a great opportunity for the community to come out, small business owners to come out. Whether they're veteran, active duty, National Guard, reserve, military spouse or family members, we just had a great morning of networking. Um, Also, we just wrapped up the small business showcase where we had a number of small business owners come out and showcase their experience is being a veteran in a veteran-owned small business here in the Colorado. Um, But this afternoon, we have two special guests. We have with us Ray Milano, who is the director for the Veteran Business Outreach Center with the SBA. We also have Mark Williams, who is the Boots to Business Program Manager with the U.S. Small Business Administration as well. So we're excited to welcome them as they're here visiting us for our grand opening. But I'll take a moment to have them introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll start with Ray. All right. Thanks, Kia. Thanks for having us. Again, Ray Milano, I'm with the SBA's Office of Veterans Business Development. I am the National Director for the Veteran Business Outreach Center Program. Uh, I've been with the Office of Veteran Business Development for about eight years. I've been with SBA for about 24 years, um, and I run the VBOC program. So I'm a Marine Corps veteran. Um, after the Marine Corps, I went to undergrad, went to law school, and I've been with the SBA ever since. Fantastic. Thank you for being here with us today. And Mark? Well, thank you. Uh, Mark Williams, also from the U.S. Small Business Administration Office of Veterans Business Development, and I run the Boots to Business program. Um, Also a Marine Corps veteran. I've been working in the Office of Veterans Business Development for about seven years, and I've been at the SBA for 13 years. Fantastic. So we've been speaking about our new VBOC podcast with the Veterans Voice. We're really excited to provide information about the different programs that we're offering through the VBOC. Um, We said boots to business. We have our next one at Fort Carson on August the 14th and August the 15th from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. That's August the 14th and August the 15th from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. For additional information on that, our listeners can call 719-309-0339 for our VBOC office so that they can gain more information about how to attend those classes. But through the VBOC, we also offer counseling, mentorship, different resource tools for these veteran-owned small businesses. Now, under VBOC, um, Ray, can you tell us about kind of your favorite part about working with VBOCs throughout the country? My favorite part of working with VBOCs across the country is 
getting to work with the team members and assist them with connecting with their local communities, the veterans, the military spouses, those local small business owners that need that navigation, that one piece of information or guidance to start and grow their business. We got to see a lot of that this morning when we met with the small businesses that attended Social Solutions as well as the Small Business Showcase. Now, if we do go over to the SBA program, which is the Boots to Business, Boots to Business Reboot, Mark, can you tell me a little bit about your involvement with that? Sure. Um, Well, Boots to Business is a program for transitioning service members and but we also train veterans and we can and we train military spouses so we have now we have three programs we have the boots to business program we also have a program called reboot so boots to business is aimed at transitioning service members and their spouses reboot is aimed at service members who've already transitioned and maybe might not be able to get into a boots to business class and then you know sba we try to look and look and find the market for our services and see who needs it. And so um, we've recently, very recently, as yes, of Monday, Monday, introduced a new, pro- new program called the Military Spouse Pathway to Business Program, yes. which is just for military spouses. But all of these programs teach basic entrepreneurship skills, kind of an entrepreneurship 101. And then, you know, as a welcome to the SBA family, and if you you know, for those people who attend those classes, if they want to continue down the road of entrepreneurship, we have a lot of options for them. One of them to work with great organizations like the Veteran Business Outreach Centers, as well as SCORE, Small Business Development Center, Women's Business Centers. We also have some follow-on training courses. So very exciting. We train about fifteen to 17,000 people a year around the world. Wow, that is awesome. I am so excited that you all are here with us as we open to our grand opening for the Colorado Veteran Business Outreach Center at Mount Carmel. It's been a super exciting day, Um, but I wanted to just make sure our listeners know that throughout the nation, we have 28 veteran business outreach centers. Um, There was a recent expansion, so Colorado is one of the brand new VBOX. If you have any questions about the programs, about the counseling, mentoring, if you have an idea that you would like to see if this idea could be a great business, give us a call. If you're a new business, if you're in a startup, if you are an existing business that just wants to expand, maybe look at marketing, maybe look at some funding options, feel free to give us a call. The general number for our Colorado Veteran Business Outreach Center at Mount Carmel is again, 719-309-0339. I know we're getting ready for our official opening ceremony that's going to be kicking off at four o'clock this afternoon. We look forward to seeing everyone there and we look forward to seeing you wherever you are in Colorado very soon. Ted, do you have anything you'd like to add to the conversation? I just heard from a couple of guys who are veteran Marines. Wanted to share with you that there are Marines in my own family. What were your MOSs in the Marine Corps? So this is Ray. I was in 0311. I was a grunt. Um... You know, if you're going to go in, you go in all the way. So that's what we got. Every Marine, a rifleman. You got it. And And I was sort of at the opposite end of that spectrum. I had two MOSs because I did 20 years. So my first MOS was I was an aviation structural mechanic. I worked on Hueys and Cobras 
And then I changed him OSs and I ended up as a broadcaster. And we need a co-host, right, Kia? Yes. So if we have a third person down, for the team. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you graduate and get your Eagle Globes and anchors? So I went to boot camp at Paris Island. Uh, 3rd Battalion, H Company. And we've got you from Massachusetts. Correct. You make me feel at home because we can hear a little bit of that coming out of you. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And where'd you do your time? I did San Diego. It's basically Mason-Dixon line. So I lived in Missouri when I went into the, to the Corps. So anybody that serves and decides to, you know, volunteer and for their country, more power to them. Semper Fi. Last question for both of you. Um, what led you from the Marine Corps to the place that you are in now? Yep. So I was lucky when I transitioned out, you know, there wasn't really a transition assistance program. Um, I was able to take advantage of my, the old GI bill, uh, went to undergrad, was lucky enough to go to law school. And I figured if I could make it in the Marine Corps, I can make it in the federal government. So I found my way to the SBA. Very nice, sir. Uh, me, I did a lot of instructing when I was in the Marine Corps and I really liked teaching people and watching that light bulb, uh, kind of go off for them. And so, Ran a small business between retiring from the Marine Corps and getting into government. And I just thought, wow, I'm going to go to the SBA and get to help people start businesses. And now I get to help veterans start businesses. So, you know, pretty lucky to get to do that. From all of us here at Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, to have Kia is a wonderful thing to be the organization that was chosen to house VBOC here in the state of Colorado and, and help see those veterans get into business, succeed, move the economic needle, contribute to vitality on the economy here in the Pikes Peak region. We thank you and thank you for your service. We thank you for uh, all of the assistance and support and the, uh, the privilege of being able to work with you. All right. We appreciate it. You guys are ones that make it happen. So congrats to Mount Calmo Veterans Service Center. Um, we, we're looking forward to working with you. And I just want to say to all the veterans and spouses out there, you know, asking for the help is the toughest thing to do. Uh, that's the one question I get is, you know, what's the one thing you want to tell people to do is ask for help. It's here. Our, we work for you. We're public servants. Uh, we want to make sure you get the resources when you need it and get that navigation to the programs and resources. Welcome aboard. We're so happy to be working with you, with awesome. working with Mount Carmel. I'm just excited for the state of Colorado. If you're a small business owner, if you have an idea, give us a call. Awesome. That number one more time. 719 309 0339. The wonderful Kia Palmer, who is our director of Colorado Veteran Business Outreach Centers at Mount Carmel. Thank you all for listening to us. We hope you will engage with us and uh, get involved, help out, or let us help you. I'm Ted Roberts, and you've been listening to the Veterans Voice VBOC podcast. How do we like to close the show? We always like to say it's all about, about VBOC. VBOC. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veterans, you can improve your ability to find jobs with your free year of LinkedIn Premium. Sign up at socialimpact.linkedin.com. Welcome to the LinkCast. I'm Mark Smith, Director of Transition and Employment at the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We will talk about everything transition and employment on this podcast. The focus is the Link interview workshop, which is learning, interviewing, networking, and knowledge. It is a two-day interview workshop where on day two, you will actually do live fire mock interviews with companies who are our partners. At Mount Carmel, we strive to provide anything transition and employment, whether it be resume assistance, networking, 
interviewing or knowledge. I would like to introduce my first co-host, Nanette Brede. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. And also, we have another co-host, Mark Schuster. So two Marks make a right. I can just say that. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I, I am going to agree with that, Mark. Um, and it's a it's really a pleasure to be here to try to help out. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. And you know, this being our first show, I thought we would just go around and do intros as far as, you know, our transition that we had. Um, I know mine was a little different from from yours and from Nanette's. Um, you know, cause things ran a little different, you know, when we transitioned out of the military and you're still in, I mean, you're still in, in the Marine Corps reserve. So you're about to transition a second time. So exactly. Uh, so, I mean, my transition story starts, I was commissioned in 1991 or as my son will tell you, 1891. <laughs> so sometimes I just tell people it's 1891 cause that's what they're thinking. Uh, so commissioned the Marine Corps in 1991, I served through the entire decade of the nineties and I left uh, active duty and some little reserve duty in 1999. And I left, I left the military. I was out, uh, working on my civilian career and transitioning, but I'll tell you, you know, Mark in the nineties transition was not a word that was used. Um, there were no transition assistance programs. Uh, the VA was in a different status than it is now. Uh, nobody sat you down to try to convince you to stay or go. And there was no real transition assistance program, such as Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center or the link program. So you're kind of on your own. You just, you know, thanks, thanks for being here. We'll see you next, oh, ne absolutely. next time. Yeah. And then through a sequence of events, uh, uh, I decided to come back in the Marine Corps and I did that through the reserve component in January, 2005, six years later, I find myself back in service and I've been continuous now for uh, since that period of time. So when you flash forward back 32 years and 27 years worth of service, because I retire in February, now we have programs like this that are so critical to helping our military transition, not retire. Nobody gets hired in the civilian community if you're retired. We hire people that have had either four or 40 years worth of valuable service to the military, and we want to help you transition those skills and experience into the civilian marketplace. You know, and I... I I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I transitioned out in 2014, um, you know, ACAP, I actually went to ACAP in uh, 20, late 2012, and they were just transitioning to the TAP program. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember my experience. I mean, when I went through and it was, you showed up, you had a resume. Okay, sit down and listen to these briefings. I mean, that program has done a complete 180. TAP right now is awesome for these guys and gals transitioning out. Um, you know, we're talking career skills programs. We're talking internships, you know, hiring them directly before they're even out of the military. I think for mine, um, I was in a recruiting battalion. The mission never stops. So it I've was been on recruiting my, duty in the Marine Corps, too. Yeah, my first week in uh, Nashville recruiting battalion was... Hey, Sergeant Major, thanks for having me, but I'm going to I'm going to ACAP next week. And it was like, what? You know, and that's what I got. I mean, it wasn't an issue at the time, but however, you know, your first week in a in a new battalion, and it was, I'm going to ACAP. Okay. And uh, I did that. And I mean, I I didn't really have any assistance. You know, like I said, I've always said I had a bachelor's degree in a security clearance. I thought I'm going to go work for a big company and make millions of dollars. And that's what a lot of our transition military think. And the, the fact that these programs exist now, and you said something interesting, how the programs are getting better. Yes. And I think the reason that's happening is we have a better understanding of what the needs are. 
And a lot of our transitioning military have become professionals in the assistance processing. So they're taking their own individual stories. People relate to stories. Mm -hmm. They don't relate to lecture, especially military people. So you have a similar story. Mine was a lot earlier. There was no assistance. Nanette, what was your experience like? So my story was pre, even predates yours. I was commissioned in 1982 and served for 11 years, got out, um, but stayed because I had my arm twisted by a mentor. And so I stayed in the reserves and served a total of 29 years. But I came back on active duty following the events of 9-11. And when I transitioned the first time, there, was no, there were no programs available on the installation at all. Fast forward to when I transitioned in 2010, um, there were TAP programs. I was assigned to Peterson Air Force Base, and so I attended the Air Force TAP transition programs, transition assistance programs. So I got a lot more help um, that way, but I sat through them three times. I guess I'm a slow learner. And I kept going, when is it going to be about me? It's, I didn't, you know, all of the benefit information, all those briefings were okay, but it was kind of like, when's it going to be about me? And as a result of that, um, I hung out with a program that was kind of a, a legacy to the TAP program for a while and still was missing the point. When is it going to be about me? And came up with a program called Prep Connect 360 along with three or four other friends. There was a need in the community at that time to provide something for what I will call gray cards, um, soldiers, sailors, airmen that are between that were no longer active duty, but were not eligible for retirement. There was nothing in the community to help them with their transition. And as a result, we stood up Prep Connect 360, which helped transitioning active duty veterans, military spouses, figure out what do you want to do when you grow up um, and take it from there and link is taking that to the next level. Yeah, you know, and I agree. I, I think, you know, even for me being in the Army 20 years, I, I hadn't done an interview. You know, I didn't, even when I interviewed to take over at Mount Carmel, um, you know, my resume wasn't the greatest. You know, my interview skills wasn't the greatest. But, you know, Paul, who's still my boss to this day, he saw something in me, and I've been doing it for four years. Um, I think that's what we're trying to continue to do with this link workshop. What we're doing within that two days is the networking piece, which in Colorado Springs is huge. And we all know that. And I also think the, the mock interview practice, you know, we can have our clients come in and interview with us. They know us, they've seen us, they've talked to us. And that's what we try to do on day two with the mock interviews is have our employers come in and do those mock interviews with them. So they're getting a taste of, hey, this company interviews different, this company interviews different, and this one is different. So it kind of gives them a, a spectrum of, you know, how different people interview. Because I, I think the interview and the resume was my downfalls of finding employment when I when I got out of the Army. Uh, Link the learning, the interviewing, the networking, and the knowledge, 
That's the purpose of this podcast. So for all of our listeners out there that are facing transition in the next 24 to 36 months, and that is not an unreasonable time frame because the decisions to transition out, if it's only one or two terms of enlistment or service, got it. But if you know you're targeting a specific retirement date in two to three years, that's when the planning takes place. So what we hope is that the people and the veterans and everybody in the community that are listening to this podcast realize that, hey, keep tuning in because we're going to talk more about all these other types of things that deal with transition because it's a, it's, it's a mixed bag. The first thing to remember is this is about you now. You're not tied to Mother Marine Corps, Mother Army, uh, I guess Sister Air Force, whatever it would be, right? Um, you get to determine. We, lo- we love our Air yep, Force brothers and we sisters. Get, you get to determine what you want to do now. And you know, you get to take off that Colonel insignia, that Sergeant Major Star, or those Corporal Stripes. And sometimes that can be really difficult to do. I know it was one of the biggest failures I had my in my first transition, right? Captain of Marines. Why? Of course, you're going to hire me. I'm going to take over your company because I know I can do it. Yet I had no understanding whatsoever what I was doing. And so that transition piece, we can talk about that in the future as well. Hey, how do you take off those stripes? How do you take off that rank and realize that you have to start over? Many of our transitioning military do it just fine, mm-hmm. but many of them struggle with that. Wouldn't you agree? I, you know, I think for me, um, coming out. Uh, Again, you know, I knew it about 15 years that 20 years I, I was, I was, you know, I, I had done my duty. I was done. Um, you know, at, at the time married, I got three small kids, you know, I, I was moving around every two to three years. I just wanted, I, I think the biggest thing for me was stability. stability. You know, I, I wanted my kids to, to go to the same school and graduate. And, you know, my oldest daughter, you know, who's going to be 26 this year, I'm getting old, but my son's you know, 26. Yeah. So she, uh, I can't even count how many schools she went to. And when she actually graduated from here in Colorado Springs, um, you know, she was an honor student, top 10% of her class. You know, she was in uh, a special group at the school to where it was, you know, if you're in the top 10%, you get to go to this class. And, you know, that for me was huge. You know, my youngest girl, um, she went to the same high school all four years. My son has been in the same high school all four years. So, you know, I think just, and we'll talk about this in later podcasts, but I think just that planning and priority, you know, if I knew I was going to retire. Mark, you're hitting on something that's very important, that the transition is not just about the service member. No, it's about everybody. I mean, I, I included my Starts family with them, but it. then you bring your family into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and your family's going to support you while you're in, and they're also going to support you on the transition and support your way out the door. So, I mean, for me, that was, that was the biggest reason, you know, for me wanting to get out. Cause I could have stayed in and done 30 years. Yeah. Can we talk about stability for a minute? So let me just share a quick story about, yes. a vet, about a veteran who's very, very close to me, who missed all four years of their oldest child's high school due to multiple combat tours in Iraq. One of their decision um, points when they decided to retire, and this is a family decision with the spouse, was that, hey, I'd like to be home for my son's high school graduation. It wasn't everything. The main driver was that they achieved their goal in the Marine Corps, so they were comfortable retiring at 20 years. Flash forward another two years, and when his second child graduated high school, he was in Germany that day for a civilian job. So oh, I no. want people to understand, and I want our transitioning military to understand that while stability is a is a key factor, 
expectation management is critical when I hear stability because I've been in industry now almost three decades and stability is not necessarily more guaranteed in the civilian world just because you're not in the military. When I was selling pharmaceuticals for Pfizer, our, our area manager, our regional manager was promoted to vice president of his department. And the way I understood the story was he got a call from corporate headquarters and said, hey, you've been promoted to VP. You need to be in New York City within a week if you want this job. <laughs> so he had to move his family from Southern California to New York City. Well, guess what? His wife didn't move for six months because they had kids in school. Yeah. So that stability is important. Just recognize that success in the military means you move a lot. Success in the civilian world as well often means that you move as well too. So I just want to put that out there for yeah. the universe. If you're listening, we'll talk more like you said, Mark, in the future. Yeah. So Nanette, what are your thoughts on all of that? I think stability is important. I think having a vision of what you want out of your next job is equally important. But can you talk to the as, expectation as management too? You've got to let your spouse know what's going on. For example, going to a career fair and spending the day there implies, because it's a career fair or a job fair, that you will come home with a job. And that is not realistic in today's environment because they have to do great point. Um, drug testing. They've got to do security clearances. They have to have um, interviews that are set up with probably part of the other staff. It's not just a one and done event. So, you know, the other thing that's important is for the spouse to really get involved in the networking piece and join the service member in some of the networking events. One, so they can see what's actually their spouse is up against. But two, maybe they can help open some doors for the service member or find a job for themselves at well, that networking event. And Make I, friends. Yeah, and I agree with that, you know, because we have some clients that are just introverted. I mean, you know, we're having to try to peel the onion back with these clients and they're kind of not giving us anything. But then sometimes when their spouse is in there, they're doing most of the talking. So, that, I mean, that that goes both ways. I that's, mean, I, That's also a new skill because, right, on active duty, right, your, your spouse will be like, where do you think we're going in the next couple of years? Well, we'll know. Yeah. And then finally, as you get close to it, in the Marine Corps, we call them monitors. Yeah. The monitor calls up. I remember my first time I got orders after the, my first fleet tour, it was like, hey, you have two options, Lieutenant. You can go to Kansas City or you can go to – um, New England. And the funny thing was I had been ignoring the monitor's call for weeks. I was actually the officer of their day, Nanette, true story. I'm the officer day for 1st Battalion, 2nd Marines. And I pick up the phone. It's a Sunday morning. I'm like, you know, good morning, 1st uh, Battalion, 2nd Marines, officer day, Lieutenant Schuster, how can I help you? And he goes, hey, Mark, this is Captain so-and-so. You've been ignoring me. I'm like, sir, who's this? He goes, this is your monitor. You have 30 seconds. You can go to Kansas City on recruiting duty, or you can go to New England in Kansas City. Where do you want to go? And I was like, pause, pause. He goes, 20 seconds ago. I was like, New England, sir, never been there. Hangs up the phone. That's how I told my wife we were moving to New England. So I didn't know what I was doing as a lieutenant. What's the moral of the story is? Answer Involve, the phone. Well, answer the phone, <laughs> number one. Um, don't try to fight with a captain when you're the first lieutenant. Yep. But more importantly, the story is now you have that ability to yep. get your spouse involved. And Nanette, we have stories of of people that have gone through the military, have gone through this transition. The spouse is so, so 
important. Yep. That's a great point because now they get to, they have a voice. Well, and, and you know, when I found they have out a I, vote. that too, yes, they that's what I mean. They have a vote. They probably have the vote. Yeah, pretty much. You yeah. know, when, when I found out I was going to recruiting duty, I was in uh, uh BNOC. I think it's advanced leaders course now. I mean, many years ago and my, we went to Alexandria, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So I was in, in BNOC in uh, Newport news at Fort Eustis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got cut class one day and they said, go to your branch. So we all drove up to Alexandria, Virginia, you know, got to tour the branch headquarters and all that. And, uh, my branch chief was a master sergeant. He looked at me and he goes, Smith, Mark, a, I said, yeah. He goes, Fort Carson. I said, yeah. He said, recruiting duty or drill sergeant. I was like, uh, drill sergeant. He goes, okay. Yeah. Well, no spots for drill sergeant. You're going recruiting. I was like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm serious. And then he kind of laughed. So I, you know, was like, oh, he's making a joke. So yeah, the army about, changed your orders. Well, about two weeks later, I got the Persgram saying, Hey, you will report to recruiting school. So that's, wow. that's how I found that out. Yeah. That was fun. So yeah, we do that in the Marine Corps today. It's called histing. They don't have a choice. They either yeah. get out or they take the, take their orders. So. Yeah, I'm not sure how the Army's doing it yeah. now. I know they're uh, they're it's totally different than when I was in the Army. But yeah, they're they're doing all that. So um, well, nowadays, you know, you get orders electronically. Nanette yeah. used to you. She and I used to get them by carrier pigeon. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We did. Well, mine was snail mail. So, you know, I think the carrier pigeon might've been a little better. So, so. funny. So, this you know, and, and as a reservist, you, um, find your own job. You do. They don't yeah. issue you orders. You just find your own job and your own position and your own opening and you interview for the position. So it's a little bit different as a reservist yeah. yep. than on active duty. You know, just going over this, some of the things that we kind of put together, mm -hmm. um, as we think that is very important in the transition. I mean, everyone's transition is different. I mean, no, nobody's is the same. Um, I, you know, mine was different from yours. Ours was different from Nanette's. Um, and Nanette's is different from everybody else's. So just some of the things that we're going to cover, Shu, if you want to yeah. cover those. Yeah, sure. Like you said, while the transition for everybody is different, what we want to try to provide our listeners and those that participate, there are some basics that everybody should be aware of, right? Just like qualifying with a rifle, it's different for every experience, but the principles of rifle marksmanship don't change for everybody, right? So some of the things that we hopefully will talk about in the future, um, obviously the transition planning, but long-term on some of our future podcasts, we want to help uh, our listeners and our transition military realize that, hey, looking for a full-time job is a full-time job. And we'll discuss what that means and, and all of that. We want to talk about probably the key aspect of this transition, which is your network. Your network is the most valuable tool that you have. We're going to talk about resumes, right? What is a resume? How to write a resume? What should a resume consist of? Is it objective or subjective? Is it both? Um, do you write a resume the same for every job? Do you write a resume the same for a clearance job or a government job? We'll talk about those things. A lot of experts will come into there. And then, of course, we want to talk about the interviewing piece of it. So the transition planning is a learning. We want to talk about the interviewing. Hey, what does an interview look like? What are interviews look like today? What is a behavioral interview? What are the skill sets that you need? How do you prepare for an interview? How do you complete an interview? What should you do in an interview? What should you not do? 
How do you follow up with an interview? That's a real key piece. We have a lot of experts that we'll, we'll have on that we'll talk about that. So those are some of the upcoming presentations and podcasts. And I'm glad you ended with the the mock interview piece because that's where the link interview workshop will happen. Absolutely. Um, you know, and so our next shows, we're just going to cover transition planning, which, you know, if you, you got to have a plan when you transition. It can't just be show up go through the motions, and then walk out the door. You can't cross a line of departure with a military plan. You shouldn't be doing the same thing with your transition plan. Absolutely. It's, it's an op order. Yep, absolutely. And if you'd like to continue to further listen to the uh, the link cast, you go to veteransvoice.us slash the-link-cast. Again, veteransvoice.us slash the-link-cast. And we will be there with information. Um, the first and third week of the month. So be looking for us, send your friends and anybody else, you know, that is transitioning because this is going to be valuable information in a fun environment with Mark Schuster and Mark Smith and me, Nanette Braday. Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, facilitating successful transitions for veterans and their families with job placement assistance, wellness services, and more. Locations in Colorado Springs, Pueblo, and Trinidad. Get started today at veteranscenter.org. You've been listening to The Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing Power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by Supporting Partner The Wire Nut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDL News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps. Thank you.